Welcome to the City Life Lansing podcast. You are loved, you belong, and you have a unique purpose from God. You can connect with us at citylifelansing.com. You belong here. Here's today's message. City Life. It is so good to see all of your amazing faces. Thank you for coming today. We're continuing the series called Receive Power. We've been in the book of Acts. And I say that because it helps give a frame of reference if you want to Uh, dive in throughout your week to know what we've been reading. We're highlighting some stories in the book of Acts. And it's kind of hard to understand how they would read the scriptures 2,000 years later of how we read it. Like we can go to the store and buy one. They couldn't go to the store. There would be a scroll and the New Testament was... Uh, not compiled yet when the early church of what we're reading about, they don't have access to the scriptures like we have. They had a belief so strong that it took over their whole lives and they would read it together and, and come together and do everything possible to live this new Jesus reality out. And what's interesting is here we are, 2,000 years later, more access, we can pull out digital versions of the Bible, but yet it seems like somehow the disconnect of what we believe is kind of minimized to check in a box. You know, where if somebody asks you like your religion or your Facebook profile, and if you fill out your bio, you put what you believe, and you might put Christian, but it's really hard to package what we believe by just saying Christian. Because if we say Christian, do they really understand who Jesus is? Or did they experience Christianity through Christians, because we've made a lot of mistakes, or the rules of what it means to be a Christian? Well, we're going to look at the first time ever, okay, get this, the first time ever followers of Jesus were called Christians. And what's interesting is they didn't call themselves Christians. People watched them and called them Christians because words have meaning. And nowadays, words get kind of grouped together with somebody's experience. And too often when people hear about church or they hear about Christianity, what they describe is not who Jesus is. It's normally a set of rules. It's normally what we're against, not what we're for. And we've been known too long by our preferences instead of our belief in who he is. And of course, we have beliefs and we have ways that God leads us to do right or wrong. But what's so neat is these followers of Jesus didn't want anything to taint the message of who he was. They wanted people to understand. So let's go there to Acts chapter 11. And here we are. uh, First, today's title, if you're taking notes and you're like, okay, what's the message today? It's we believe what we read and we want to live it. Because it's not enough to just get information here. We want it here and we want it here. 
We want head, heart, and hands connected for what God wants to do in and through each one of us. And picking it up from Acts 11, verse 25. It says, then he went to Tarsus, this being Barnabas, to search for Saul. And when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. Antioch is a city where these followers of Jesus have totally broken the stereotypes of the day and age that the Jewish church was used to. The Jews, worshiping the God of Israel, the great I am, practicing Judaism, awaiting their Messiah. The Messiah comes, but many don't know that yet. But the followers of Jesus, they're named the followers of the way. And they believe the Messiah came But what's so crazy is the Messiah didn't just come for the Jews. But you could imagine for thousands of years, if somebody wanted to worship the God of Israel, they had to convert to Judaism. And they had to practice all of the Jewish rules. And being a Gentile means they can't even come inside the church service. They don't have the same rights and access if those of the Jews. But God was not trying to just save the Jews, that through the Jews, he would offer an opportunity to bring all people back home because God wants all of his kids back home. But what's fascinating about the story of who Jesus is, it doesn't happen on our timeline and it doesn't happen the way we want. Well, Jesus, why don't you just come quicker? Oh, we don't know all of that. But we do know that we needed a savior. Darkness is everywhere. Evil is everywhere. We need a savior. And we don't have to look far for darkness. It's in our own heart. We all know the conviction of sin, the mistakes to know, oh, I've let you down, God. And then here they are going to the city, Antioch. And in Antioch, you have now, get this, get this. You have Jews and Gentiles, all people, worshiping God. Do you imagine how the Jews felt at first? They get to come in? They got the same Jesus as us? Are you sure? No way. No way. Yeah, what God said is clean is clean. All people get to come to the table. Jesus wants to save people that we've never met in places we've never seen. He never fits in our box. Ever. So this city became what is known as the missions kind of port of the world. And as Americans, uh, it's so easy to think that everything flows through our region. It, it, really, like we do. When we watch TV, we're watching typically, well, I'd say 90% of us, we're watching American TV and or all of it's in English. And even for us, get this, in the Midwest, we're so used to everyone speaking our accent as well. When you turn on TV, if someone has a very pronounced accent, like if they got, like if they got the Southern, they're like, hey, well, you know, we're out here reporting, you know, you'd be like, whoa, where's he from? They even choose people that have our accent. 
So we have a bias already that we're normally filtering everything through our understanding. And we make the mistake of filtering Jesus through our region and even our language. When Christianity started 2,000 years ago, when Jesus rose from the dead in the Middle East, and Antioch is the city that, that was launched for the mission's hope of the world that reached America, which is neat. It didn't start here. It's awesome. And Antioch is the city where the mission's hope is just, oh, like God's gospel, how it started in the book of Acts. The spirit of God comes upon us that we would be witnesses. Jerusalem for the Jews, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Been asking God more, hey, give me a heart for the ends of my backyard, but also give me a heart for the ends of the earth. Because COVID has not opened up my heart for more people. If anything, it's done everything possible to preserve and protect. And look, in this city, for a whole year, they met with the church and taught large numbers. When we see the word church, we think building. And there's a reason for that. We think building because in the original manuscripts of the scriptures, the word church wasn't used. It was ecclesia. And ecclesia meant a gathering of people or called out ones, that they believed in Jesus and they no longer needed a building to be called out and show their truth, that they could meet anywhere. They could meet in homes. They could meet um, downtown. They could meet outside. They would gather, but they would do that regularly. We happened to rent a community center. And I remember when we first were starting our church, uh, one of my friends asked me, he's like, how can you have a church if you don't own a building? And I was like, well, that's a fundamental flaw because the church is not a building. And he's like, well, I don't get it. Like, how can you have a church if you don't have a building? I'm like, we're gonna rent a building. We're gonna rent a school. And literally he kept asking me, how can you have a church if you don't have a building? Because I was like, Jesus, following Jesus is not about a building. You know, and it was so ingrained in his mind. Because when people hear Christian or church, there's so much ingrained in the mind. So much. Even us, we got to unpack. Okay, what does it mean? It meant a, a called out ones. I've read that the same word for ecclesia was also the same word that would be used when people would gather soldiers to go out for war. It was like us being on mission. We're coming. Jesus lives. Yes, we thank you, God. And then we go about our way in our day. What is love the city? I'm love the city. You're love the city. Where does the church go? Wherever you go. Where do you go? Exactly. That's where the church goes. That's where we go. We come here together because we're celebrating who he is. And this is a sign and a wonder to the world. You guys get together. Why do you get together? Because we believe Jesus lives and we're a new family in Jesus Christ. And we come together. It doesn't matter uh, what color we are. It doesn't matter how much money we are. It doesn't matter what culture. We can represent the one who is the one true king. We represent him and then we go about our day and then we come back and we get, you know what I mean? It's a rhythm it, it growing our faith. They understood that. They're coming together for a whole year and they would teach them. I pray today. And we catch that sweet spirit again to grow our belief, to be taught. It's going to take some training. It's going to take some time again. Oh, it's going to, a lot. We've learned a lot this year, but we got to learn more about Jesus. And then get this, the disciples, this is, what's, this is today's main point. The disciples were first called Christians at Antioch. 
how people know us today. Christians, you know? What are you, a Christian? Yeah. Okay. I'm sitting in the barber chair one time and a dude asked me, um, so you're a pastor? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Christian. Yep. What type? Um, Jesus. Yeah, but what type of church? Jesus. Okay, but, but what does that mean? It means Jesus because I don't know where you're going, dude. What does it mean to you? You know? I didn't meet a church. I met Jesus. I'm not, where are you going? Because every time I tell someone I'm a pastor, I can tell in their face if that's favorable or not. And every time I say Christian or church, I can tell if that's favorable or not. And here's the thing. Sometimes they, they, they fundamentally have understood who Jesus is and still denied him. Fair, 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 fair. But my biggest concern is not whether my pride, I don't care, I'm a pastor, whatever. I don't care if they know we're a church, whatever. Like, but I shouldn't have to tell you, my whole goal is I pray that whatever's happened, that it's not a stumbling block for you to know who Jesus is. And that's what it meant to be a disciple. They wanted to learn who Jesus was and then so be it that they got named something afterwards. When you see my kids, you can tell which ones are mine. In fact, many times people are like, yo, that's Jerome's kids. Why they look like them, right? If we got to go around saying, hey, here's, here's, we're Christians, we're Christians, we're Christians, we're Christians. Okay. Too often that comes with so much weight. It's like, a, oh, it's like holding, it's bringing like a ball and chain. Wait, so you're against all of these things? No, 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 no. Chill. You must not know who Jesus is. He starts with vision. He starts with identity. He starts with integrity. It's God's goodness and his kindness that leads people to change. It's love. It's relationship. It's not rules. It's not, no, rules lead to rebellion. Look, how do we know that to be true? There's a lot of laws, but we all still have broken some. Oh, you didn't break one today? What's the speed limit? Why is it there? Oh, it's just a guide? We pick and choose all the time. And we do this with even being a Christian. We kind of find our, our butt bullet points where we divide and where we, we, you know, we say, oh, nope, I can be against you. But what's so fascinating is if our Lord hung on a cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they're doing, then we don't get, the, we don't get out so easy. We can't hate anybody. That's where justice can be served, but grace and forgiveness can still be offered. Christianity is so beautiful, not because of its rules, but because of its relationship with Jesus Christ. So there's two things we believe that why Christians were called Christians. Number one, it was their belief that Jesus was the Messiah. He was. And then secondly, they belonged to Jesus. That's why they started selling everything. When you read book of Acts, how are these people acting so crazy? I don't want to look back to them then and think that was only for them. I believe we should be even more heroic today. The devil, look, the devil is not scared of me and you saying uh, um, we're Christians. He's scared if we believe it. We start looking at everybody. Man, God loves you. We start seeing every dollar. This is yours, God. What do you want to do with it? We start seeing every prayer or, or pain point as an opportunity to pray. We start seeing every tear as an opportunity to point to our future home for eternity. So a few observations, and it's so neat that the church was called Christians by other people. 
And some debate, uh, maybe that was a, um, a negative thing. Like they were like, yo, them Christians are whack. Or they, they, they believe in Christ, so they got to call Christ. Fine, whether it was negative or not, they didn't have to say it. That's how much they were a threat by their belief in who Jesus was and they belonged to Jesus Christ. So number one, people see what we believe by our lives. Not our posts, not how we talk. And our lives won't ever add up. That's neat. How is that neat? Tell me how that's neat. Well, it's neat because if the message we're believing is that we're not perfect, no one should feel shame or condemnation. They should feel an invitation. Hey, God took me when I was at my worst. He'll take you at your worst. Is that hard? Absolutely. I've been tempted to not hug people, but, you know, thug people this season. Like, you know, like, what's good? What's good? You're running your mouth too much. You thought we were weak, you know? Go Old Testament on them a little bit. Be like, I don't know Jesus came yet. I'm just going to take it to the Old Testament a little bit, you know? But he did come, and he did offer us sinners hope in life when we didn't deserve it. And people are watching us, and we don't want to be a stumbling block for them to, to meet what we really want them to meet, which is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. And then secondly, our belief. What is it in? It's in the one who we belong to. Who we are is whose we are. Who am I? A child of God. Why? Because I'm God's. And what is God? Awesome, victorious, perfect, always in control. I got to preach to myself when I feel weak. Because when I'm weak, I got his strength. When I can't, he can. When I don't know how, he does. When it's not on my time, he's divine. Come on, somebody. We belong to a king that has a kingdom that can't be stopped. But let's not get so shallow about our kingdom that we need to see all of the, the, the kind of the spoils of war now. We already got the greatest thing. We got the king. We got the king. It's not about the things that he brings. It's about the king. We got the king. So King Jesus is the one we belong to. And number three, we grow in what we believe over time. Say, well, I really want to grow with our king. I, I want to do it the right way. All right, it takes time. Be patient with yourself. I think we need to re-up more than ever. We need to be coached like rookies coming out of a pandemic now. Now. Like now, we really do. If they're committing to a whole year of learning, how much more should we after a pandemic? Exactly, probably, yeah. Indefinite, probably, you know? Probably no expiration date. When I first got saved, I had this unique hunger. I used to show up at church three, four times. I remember I used to care what car I drove, but it didn't matter anymore. I, I, did a, we, I traded one of my cars, and, 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 and I took some cash that I could use for some music, and I took some cash, and the kid gave me a car. It was a 1984 Dodge Aries. Dodge Aries, I mean, it was a beater of beaters. I used to drive that thing to church. And I'm just saying, it's not a good look if you're, if you're a single dude trying to pursue somebody. But it didn't matter. It didn't matter. And then something happened along the way where you start... Karen, parents, you know this. Have you watched when your kids got that innocence and then they start, when they dance or whatever, they start noticing and they get uncomfortable? You're like, whoa, 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 where'd that come from? Why do you care? Do you know who you are? 
And we try to tell them, but the world, the sin nature is, is insecure, the sin nature. And what happens is as children of God, we get this confidence, this belief in who we are and who we truly are, but that growth is gonna take time. And how do we grow? Well, Romans teaches us, faith comes. Romans 10 teaches us, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> Come on, that's good. So faith comes from what is heard. Props to yourself today. We're hearing faith. And what is heard comes through the message about our candidates, the message about the vaccine. Why not? This is what we talk about a lot. The message about our rights, the message about, no, I mean, it gets, it gets hard, right? Do we really want to live what we read? Because the message about Christ is one that is so scandalous. It is so difficult, but it is so perfect. We want to learn the message about Christ. And then in that, absolutely, we can talk about candidates, rights. We can talk about all that, right? But we lost our lives, friend. When we come to Jesus, we lose our lives and we find it. But those that travel on the wide path, it's easy to travel on. We go through these motions, but it leads to death. But the narrow path, the narrow path, if you find it, fewer on it, very difficult. This is why the size of a church does not mean the health of a church. If there was 12 back then, we don't need 1,200 today. We might have too many sometimes. I think COVID was a great indicator to, to, to sift and to siphon a little bit and to get us on fire and to say, man, do I really believe it? Or do I just come up here to preach it? You know? Am I still the kid that was in the back of the uh, balcony in the top row that knew nothing or just no one was recruiting me other than Christ? Yeah, is he that sweet still? Can he handle when I get a, 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 a tough season and a storm or I'm battling a sickness and we get a diagnosis that we just don't want in our family. He's still God. He's still in control. We still believe. And we still belong to him. Let's not discount who Jesus is. Because ultimately our belief, number four, it changes everything and it reaches to the ends of the earth. Our belief in who Jesus is. Not what does it mean to be a Christian? That's why I do like turning the conversation back on somebody else. What does it mean to you? Well, I wanted to know what it meant to you. You're a pastor. Fair. But let's be honest. And I remember, this is, this is how, because we got to go there. People say you can't talk about religion and politics. Why? That's the only thing we should be talking about. Let's quit hiding this stuff. Let people decide. I've seen enough of politics to know we don't have the full information. doesn't matter what side you're on. Like somebody, Look, joke's on us a little bit. Fair. They all hang out. They know each other. Obama and Bush, they used to hate each other. They hang out. They're like friends now. There's articles on it. I'm like, wait, what? That's not hate. It's just look, look past your political party. Look to your king. Jesus has always been like that. How can we be in this world but not of it? It's okay to be in this world. Absolutely. It's okay to vote. It's okay. Yeah, absolutely. Be vested. But in the same, we kind of get caught up. And what was the, those believers were doing? They were in Antioch. They wanted to reach people. They wanted to reach, doesn't matter what you look like, what you have. Jesus is coming for you. That's what they were living. 
That's what they were singing. The new kingdom had arrived. And so when we do have those conversations, I say, hey, I know, pastor might mean a swear word to you. Church might mean a swear word to you. So I, we, we need to talk about it more. And they're like, okay. And then sometimes we get the privilege too. And here's a perfect example why. When our sixth grade son comes upstairs with tears in his eyes and he says, dad, I gotta ask you. We're Christians don't hate people, do they? I go, what do you mean? He goes, well, in class today, there was an open discussion and there was a, um, there was a certain certain like a, it was just a certain way of life that was being described in it without getting all to the details. And then it was open to the class. Why do you think this person feels judged or feels uncomfortable or feels insecure? And they talked about history and all kinds of other angles. And then somebody in the class was just like Christians because Christians hate everybody. And it was just kind of, you know, went, went through it and, and uh, you know, it was open discussion. And I thought, dang, like a kid said that? Christians don't hate anybody. We don't have to agree with everybody to love everybody. But son, we don't hate everybody. In fact, we love everybody because Christ loves everybody. That's what we believe. And he goes, okay, I knew. I, I, I thought that, I thought that. And I was like, but we don't agree with everybody. That's Okay. That's called respect. Who on this planet do you agree with everything on? But when we have the mind of Christ, that's where we agree. That's why today, you know who we're gathering's name in? We're not gathering in my name or your name. We're gathering in the name of Jesus Christ. He's our Lord and Savior. So from that place, then we figure out how he wants us to live. We do. And when we started City Life, we had a belief that was not Bible verses written on the wall. If I gotta go around and tell you, Uh, what I am, I think you've already figured out I'm white. (laughs) I think you've already figured out I'm not the tallest dude in the world. I think you've already figured out that dad bod is in because I'm rocking one. Right? You see these things. It's obvious. If we got to go around telling everybody we're Christians, I think some of the point we're missing. Jesus was amongst. He was present. Of course, he loved the scriptures. He is the fulfillment of all scriptures. Of course, he loved the temple. Of course, he loved, he loved all kinds of things. He loved orthodoxies. He loved, he loved the order of God's beautiful kingdom. He loved when his people lived right, but he also re- he, he, he loved one thing more than anything it really looks like, which was people and God's love for people. Why do you think he overthrew the, temp, uh, the, the, the tables in the temple? Is because they were turning the temple into the wrong type of thing. And he wept over Jerusalem. He was like, you don't get it. This is gonna be for all people. You don't get it. That's why when the power of the Holy Spirit comes upon us, we will be witnesses to reach the block, witnesses to reach Ingham, witnesses to reach Michigan, United States, and the world. Like the world. I mean, people that we've never met. Yeah. And we started with that belief. And I pray that we keep it up. Because moments like last week, look, the news ain't reporting it. 30 people got baptized, y'all. What? 15 families dedicated their lives to want to serve Christ for their children, dedicated these children to Christ. No one reported it. Because what God's doing can't be fully contained. It can't be clicked in a box. 
It can't be understood with just a set of rules. It can't be described by only, no, 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 no. Let them say whatever, but we're just trying to know Jesus and everything about him because that's who we belong to. Check this video out. I pray that it inspires all of us because six years ago, this is our belief of why we even started this thing. We believe Lansing is an unlikely catalyst region. The Urban Institute study says Lansing will be one of the fastest growing cities in the nation by 2030. It's like we're being aligned for a prime situation to love. We believe the inner city is filled with opportunities and leaders. We believe a kid struggling may just need a tutor, an ear to listen, or to go play laser tag with a role model. We believe you can shoot hoops at the park and grill a hot dog with your neighbor and that matters. We believe loving our neighbors is more than a handshake and looks like a snow shovel. We believe in radical generosity and sharing with those in need. The person walking on the street may just need a ride, ask their name, and encouragement. We believe everyone is important and all bear the image of God. The abused and the addict can change. We believe girls are more than a symbol, should be treated with respect, the sick need hope. We believe there's a dad that never had a dad and God wants to father him and transform him with a new start. And that dad can come back home and man up. Rewind that. We believe business owners can empower people with jobs and opportunities. We welcome arts and expressions of personality. The good news changes everything and this is the central source to our life mission. We believe what we read and we want to see it and live it. Discipleship is more than a class. We are the hands, the feet, the body, seven days a week. We are for the city. I see the rich and poor, old and young, all walks of life gathering. This mission, the city can rally behind. The 517 can come together and many across the world can partner to launch financially and in prayer this work. All of us working together, playing our part, we must roll up our sleeves, grab our brooms, must put our money where our mouth is, all of this driven by how he first loved us. Therefore, my wife, our five kids, this dream team being built, and myself will go into the city with love. Join us as we love the city. All right, we're getting ready to um, wrap up. And anybody here speak Mandarin? Nobody, right? If I say this, anybody here you know, because you won't put yourself on blast maybe, speak Christianese? And that's a silly example to say this. I think sometimes we come with how much Bible we know what we think God would do. But I think people, what they're really longing for is for us to say, you know, I don't know everything, but I know someone. And our belief is that Jesus comes for you and he left the comforts of heaven and he moved into the neighborhood. That's how the message translation puts it. That the belief of God is stronger than any darkness we see in front of our face. That's how we can see the most horrific acts and we can still say, man, God wants to bring clarity, restoration, justice, fulfillment, reconciliation, all of it in there. And we enter those spaces. We enter those spaces and we start to then work out the kingdom. We work out the kingdom. And you don't have to be cool to preach. Someone was talking to me this week, well, I can't really reach the city. 
because I'm not as urban as you. And I was like, well, wait, what does that even mean? And if we stop and think about it, we all believe that about something. Well, I couldn't really reach this or I struggle reaching this. Are we defined by how cool we are? No, by the love of God. So what is the secret we have? It's the good news. It's the good news. That's why we receive the power to become witnesses from heaven, the Holy Spirit, to the ends of the earth. And then along the way, signs and wonders. Along the way, we're praying. praying. Along the way, healing comes. Along the way, we start to bring God's heaven to earth. And we see that manifested through businesses, healthy marriages, people that are trying to bring restoration, caring for those that are marginalized, doing everything possible to see heaven be a reality in those situations. Right? You know, you've seen the signs on, on, on the road where like, you know, someone's like pro, you know, hey, abortions, you know, no abortions, God hates abortion or whatever, pro-life. And okay, hey, dude, it props, man. God is for sure interested in life. We know that for sure. And it's the scribes in Jeremiah that life begins, he knew us before we were informed in our mother's womb. Psalm, psalmist, right? Like he knew us, right? So if he's known us and he's bigger than space and time, but if we pause and think, what is the message of Christ? Well, Christ caught the adulterous woman in the act. I mean, he was, she was caught in the act and Christ is there to be judged. But what's interesting is he not only is judge, he judges everyone equally. He was like, hey, yo, if anyone's not got sin, you can kill her. Because the law says you can kill her. But I'm gonna show you the real heart of the law. Hey, why don't you stone her? If you don't got sin, everybody left that day. Not only did he play judge where everyone equally was guilty, but he also poured out grace and covered her. And he said, hey, go and sin no more. And what's interesting is this. I know people with signs, they got good intentions. I, I believe that. I think we'll get further in life if we believe people have good intentions, just a little bit. Maybe misguided, but I, I don't think anybody grew up to wanna hate somebody. Come on. Like as a little kid, kids teach us so much. They're not growing up like, I can't wait to fight. No, they're taught it. <laughs> they learn it. There's only two fears you're born with, which is the, uh, the fear of falling and the fear of, um, is it heights or stuff? Uh, uh, drowning, what's that? Yeah, loud noises, there you go, yep. Fear, to, fear of falling and fear of loud noises. Those are the only two fears we're born with. Every other fear we learned. Whoa. But get this, if Christ was there at the corner, he would not only say, yeah, I'm for life, but he'd also say, hey, there's forgiveness if you found yourself in these situations. And hey, by the way, I'll also adopt if you're struggling and you don't know how. He'd provide a few paths. <laughs> so which one's right? Yes. We need to do this thing together so they can hear the message of Christ. There's this beautiful story. If, you, if you're like, I'm struggling with um, doubt, you know, and I don't know if I fully believe in God. And I pray the story of Thomas inspires you today. Thomas was one of the disciples who walked with Jesus. And in verse 24 in John, it says, Thomas called, uh, but Thomas called twin, one of the 12 was not with them when Jesus came. So if we struggle with unbelief and we struggle sometimes with just miss, missing it, we're in good company. So the other disciples were telling him, we've seen the Lord. 
But he said to them, if I don't see the mark of the nails in his hands, put my finger into the mark of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will never believe. You know? Because we, we've said this to God sometimes. If you don't do this, God, I'll never believe. And when we're preaching people, Jesus, sometimes we'll say, well, if God doesn't do this, I'll never believe. God's got the tough job, friend. He'll spark belief. He did it for Thomas and he's doing it again. Verse 26, it says a week later, his disciples were indoors again and Thomas was with them. Even though the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and he said, peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. He tells him, don't be faithless, but believe. And Thomas responded to him, the same one who was denying and mocking, like, whoa, unless I see it. He says, my Lord and my God, belief. My Lord and my God, I belong to you. You really are it. You really are it. And Jesus said, because you've seen me, you have believed. This is us today. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. God's done more than enough for us to believe. There's enough signs and wonders in our life. There's enough testimony that's taken place 2,000 years ago. God has entered our spaces so many times. He's proven himself real by all of creation. Everybody knows that there's a God that exists. The fight is whether or not it's Jesus. And I pray today that we'll remember it's just Jesus that saves us. And I pray today that if you don't know Jesus, you'll call upon the name above all names that can save anyone who just calls out, Jesus, take me, here I am. He's always there and he always will be. And praying today that we would be a church, a people called out once, not a building, but that we would be known for who we believe in and who we belong to more than what we're against. But we would be known that we're for forgiveness. We're for people because God made everyone. We're for restoration. We're for reconciliation. We're for healing. We're for peace. We're for justice. We're for mercy. We're for grace. Yeah. We're for. It's God's loving kindness that brings people back home. That's why we're gearing up with the truck this summer. We want to go out there where people feel forgotten. You know, down roads that aren't paved. In housing complexes where kids, people don't always come there. Come into a home where they don't got parents and somebody just wants them to throw a football. To let them know they're so special and God sees them and they got purpose. Not because we said so, but because the king said so. And then the Bible starts to become alive. We believe what we read and we want to live it. Amen, City Life? We want to live it. 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 If you want to live it, let's stand and let's worship and let's put a seal on this because God is here fighting our battles. He's here for us in every situation. Come on. Thanks for listening to the City Life Lansing Podcast. Loving you and loving the city one life at a time. 
to get connected, learn more, and invest financially, go to citylifelansing.com. You belong here.